You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. I hope you're well. The interview subject that I've got coming up for you is Brandon Paletti. He's a singer-songwriter from Perth in Western Australia. So many artists that I interview from Perth, they're all good. And Brandon's such a great example of one. He's got a new EP out. It's called Words From Within, and we talk all about that plus some other stuff. So here he is, Brandon Paletti. Hello. Hello. Hey, Brandon. Hey, how are you? <laughs> How's things, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Mate, plugging away. You know how it is. I've, this is my interview night tonight, so I've got plenty of interviews lined up, and uh, I'm genuinely looking forward to this conversation, I've got to say, because I, I truly, I mean, I, I typically listen to, I listen to a lot of different music, but if I could, my, the, a lot of the music that I do listen to from an, from an interviewing perspective, the music that I have to listen to is heavy metal. So, oh, right, okay. So when I get yeah. an EP like yours, I actually truly enjoy it. And Lee sends across a lot of stuff, of course. But, man, um, I might as well kick things off now and just say that I, I love it. I, I think this Words From Within oh, EP awesome. is fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, mate. I appreciate that. You know, I, I think it's it's an EP that is just filled with good old-fashioned songcraft. You know, it's music in the tradi- tradition of um, Leonard Cohen, Jeff Buckley, you know, you've recorded with a superb cast of musicians. It's truly on point. And you remind me, I don't know whether you've heard of Dave Power over here in Brisbane, but uh, it's music that I'm really happy to find a place in my life with because I've got kids and it's music that I can put on in the background whilst I'm dealing with them. And it's music that can be yeah, played. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. Just everyday music. Yeah, oh, that, mate, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. That's great. Yeah, and I, I just, I just, you know, I want to congratulate you on on just doing what you're doing, you know, because it's it's just it's music for the soul. There you go. It's music for the soul, yeah. and is and and all that said though, has everybody been as enthusiastic about your music as I've been there? Um, yeah, look, so far, kind of um, compared to the last release I put out, you know, I feel like. Um, for myself as an artist, this kind of is very representative of kind of where I am in my life. You know, it's kind of just um, finding my feet as an artist, kind of what my sound is. So uh, I think so far the the reaction from people has been quite positive, you know, and it's very humbling to have people say that they're enjoying listening to your music. I think, you know, that's one of the best compliments you can get. So um, even from yourself, you know, just hearing that, that's that's lovely to hear that. So, you know, awesome, I'm, I'm very thankful. Yeah, and and look, it's the band that you've got around you. So I take it you've written all of the music, but the, I'm a musician, okay. So I listen intently to the band's performance, particularly the, the the rhythm section, being a bass player. And oh, yep. The one thing that I'm hearing, mate, and this is really hard to do, but nobody's overplaying their hand. It sounds like the band has been together for for decades on your on your oh, EP. Yeah, you, you know. What so I mean? no, well, what, what it is is um, so one of my my close mates josh uh josh dyson runs a uh, studio down in osborne park called villa and he runs that with uh harry winton who's probably one of the best session guitarists in perth carl florison who's on bass that you're talking about mm-hmm. uh and then there's another guy who isn't in the studio but he's just an absolute monster musician uh is greg brenton who plays the drums so yeah these these guys are all uh you know, super experienced session musos who've done some awesome work. So, you know, I'm just uh, very grateful that they were uh, keen to come in and play on the record, and that's why, you know, it came together so beautifully. 
Yeah, it's it's. But t- but tell me about um, you know the relationship you have with them. Did you share the music via you know the uh, you know the Dropbox account or iCloud or whatever it might have been, or did you bring everybody into the studio or a rehearsal environment and go, guys, let's do this because there's actually it's deceptively complicated music. Your music isn't it really because there's actually a lot going on. It's it's yeah yeah, yeah you know what I mean. And so I take yeah, it that's you're, exactly right. Yeah, you've written everything on the guitar, of course, probably or a piano, but then. How, how did you actually tell the guys what you wanted done? So essentially, they uh, I just basically had a um, guitar um, track recorded that they would would work from, as well as like a vocal track, and we just had the charts drawn up for them and said, look, you know, um, the way we did it was we recorded um, bass and either double bass depending on the song. There's both in the uh, on the EP. So the drum and the bass were recorded together, so we had that kind of real live sound coming through. That's kind of what you hear. It sounds as though the band's almost playing in front of you. Mm. Um, and then we basically said, look, you know, just just whatever you feel as though the music is going to do, um, that's what we want you to play. So they kind of had just a quick run through the song maybe twice, and then, yeah, that's that's I think probably for each song maybe not even – three runs you know not, not even three takes that's how quickly they did it so Jeez. yeah it was very impressive yeah yeah that's that's incredible mate well you're obviously working when I mean, you're a musician of high caliber and you're a great songwriter so it makes sense that you would attract the same type of people to you you know so so tell me about uh working with john at uh, at villa studio what why did you choose to work with him specifically oh man him have worked together for for years now so uh he actually saw a video i put up probably three years ago on my Facebook page, just kind of one of the songs I'd written. Uh, he was actually my lecturer at Whopper at the time. So uh, he, he just flicked me a message on my, my personal account and said, you know, would you be keen to come in? Let's do some demos. And yeah, before I knew it, we had a uh, whole EP done and then recorded the second one. And then now we're looking to uh, go for a album next year. So yeah, he's just a, a great guy amazing musician basically put him on anything and he can probably play it to you know a high caliber so yeah he's um a great person to work with Mm. so who are you inspired by mate you know i mentioned lennon cohen and jeff buckley earlier but i suppose there's there's a whole bunch of people you you listen to growing up you know who who inspired you to pick up music as as a thing in the first place and who continues to inspire you oh yeah so probably initially like um Paul Kelly was massive for me when I was a kid. Awesome. I think uh, yeah. Dad had three or four of his albums, and you know Killer. they were just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just wrote listening to them. You know, I think he's probably will go down as probably the best Australian songwriter in history. You know, he'll be up there in the world as mm-hmm. one of the greatest songwriters. He, he and Ian Moss, um, I reckon. He and Mossy, I reckon, are the oh, two. Oh, Ian yeah. Moss, yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's brilliant. Uh, and then I suppose now it, it's kind of changed because, like, if you listen to this new album a new EP, it's kind of got like a countryish feel. So um, I draw a bit of inspiration from people like Chris Stapleton, uh, Amos Lee's another one who's a guy from Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? John Mayer. You know, I get a bit from like his sure. Born and Raised album. I mm-hmm. think that's a brilliant album. Uh, who else? Like Coulter Wall, if you've ever heard of him. It's just these no, real... Yeah, um, tell me about him, yeah. A, yeah, oh, he's just like a... Um, it's almost like that cowboy kind of countryish music, you know. It's just kind of like the almost like the stamping on the ground as they're walking, like that real slow tempo. But um, just the storytelling is like phenomenal. Just just awesome storytelling. 
Yeah, I get you. I can hear that in your music now that you mention it. Actually, I never try to make too many assumptions about things when I'm listening, but yeah, you're a storyteller. You're like a Bob oh, Dylan-style storyteller, you know, and something that, that Lee sent through in the bio, it says that you played before 40,000 rabid football fans. So what was that all about? Was that playing in, uh, before an AFL match or something, was it? Yes, I played at the, uh, I think it was Fremantle Dockers v Essendon or something like that. That was last season. So, um, yeah, that was great. Just played, I think it was uh, two songs before and then one song at three-quarter time. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, <laughs> the biggest crowd I've ever seen or even played in front of. I've always wanted to talk to somebody who's done that because how do you bloody hear yourself? It's all linear monitoring or have they got proper monitors on the little stage? Oh, it, they? it is horrible. So you've got, um, you've got in-ear monitors, but... Because of the the relay from the you know the the sound going through all the speakers oh and stuff, God. you're hearing yeah. yourself in your in ears, and then you're hearing what's coming out about half a second later. So it's oh it's really quite a, a draining process, and you're just trying to block out what's coming out from the outside and just focus on what's coming in through your ear monitors. It's a yeah, it's it's nothing that I'm. <laughs> I like doing, but, you know, having the fallback in front of you, I always find that's just the, the best way to do it. Otherwise, it's a, a pain. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, to your point, I don't understand why they use in-ears in those situations there because, yeah, the, oh, no. the, the latency is just killer. And, and I mean, it's I've seen bands and musicians, like, you know, when they do the national anthems? And yeah. They, and they're by themselves, right? So they've got two things. So their voice is coming at them. You know, a couple of milliseconds or half a half a second after they're singing, and there's nothing supporting them. I've actually seen people stop, stop singing, like in front oh, of yeah, how many people. To, well, that's exactly just trying to find where you're at, you know, because you're just you're getting two different kind of sonic waves coming through, and then you're trying to process which ones where you're actually at. So, yeah, it, it's definitely something that I'd try and avoid in future circumstances. I reckon. <laughs> So what what do you do with yourself outside of music, mate? How how do you find balance? So I take it you've got a day job as well. Yeah, you, absolutely. You... So, yeah, unfortunately, the, uh, the music's not at a point where I can afford to just do that full time. But um, I, I teach. So I actually got my teaching degree last year. So I Good just do relief yeah. teaching, which is um, just kind of the cruisiest job works very well alongside what I do with my music. It gives me plenty of time to focus on that. Uh, and then aside of that, yeah, just do um, a heap of cover gigs, but um, don't really market them too much. Just try and keep the original stuff, you know, plug that through the Facebook page and stuff. So that's kind of what keeps me ticking over when I'm not doing my uh, my regular music stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Teaching and music, I suppose. God, you'd be the popular teacher there, I suppose, wouldn't you? You'd just bring out the guitar at the end of each term. And, uh... <laughs> nah, God no. I I like to think I'm pretty tough, mate. Pretty stern. I think you got to be now. <laughs> yeah, well, as I, I think I mentioned, I've got kids, mate. So it's it's yeah. I I see what teachers go through. My mother was a teacher too, mate, and uh, that was a different era. But uh, mate, I, I think these days with teaching, you're uh, you might be teaching the kids, but you're managing the parents at the same time. Is that how you see it as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm quite lucky because uh, I'm just released, so you don't really have too much of the, uh, you know, don't have to deal with the parents too much or anything like that. You're mainly just kind of monitoring behaviour when you're in the classroom. So that's quite bearable. Plus, you know, like the um, the schools that I work at, they're all fantastic. So I've got a, a private school that I mainly work through and uh, most of the students there are quite good. So, you know, it's actually quite enjoyable work. Mm. Mate, let's let's talk about the music again because look, I feel strongly about what you're doing here. I think it's wonderful music that almost anybody who listens to, like, is a music fan. 
you know what I'm saying, will find value mm. in. So how do you plan on spreading the word? Of course, he's talking to me. I'm a podcaster and the like. But is it is it a case of throwing a few hundred bucks on a on a Facebook ad to try to spread the word, or how do you plan on doing that? Yeah, look for me. I just think I'm just going to keep plugging away, really. So, like you say, I, I do a lot of advertising through the social media. I think Instagram, in particular, is one of the uh, the strongest marketing tools you can use at the moment. So, uh, I've been doing quite a bit through that. But um, I think for me, just just really keep putting out music and then just keep spreading the word. And I think eventually people will just, you know, decide whether they like it or not and you'll slowly build a fan base. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, slowly building a fan base. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. So are you selling physical copy? Have you got vinyl and or CD copy of your product as well, your music as well? Yeah, I've got the uh, the CDs for this latest EP. So they got delivered, I think it was last week. So yep. yeah, I've just actually just had a heap of merch made up today. So I've got some stickers, some t-shirts cool. and uh, the CDs now. So I'll be selling them on Friday. We've got the uh, EP launch down at the Rosemount. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so important, I think, to have those things because oftentimes when you're playing, like you're doing a live gig, people go, well, I really enjoyed that how do I support this artist? And it's like, well, yeah, I don't have any merch made up yet. Well, it's like, well, have it made up so as though people can feel like as though they've got a tangible way of, of making sure you can continue to make music and create. And merch is just cool oh, anyway, like bottle yeah, openers absolutely. and cups. And, and what was someone telling me they did the other day? They did a um, beer, you know, like a coaster, you know, the things that beers go into and a bottle opener and then they issued like a code so that people could download the music instead of having to, as an MP3 or a WAV file, I think it was. Um, oh, yeah. So that's a great idea. And that was yeah. 10 bucks or something like that. I thought, that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's that's the way to do it. So somebody, some random might have been in the crowd not knowing what to expect and they've gotten into your music. Neck minute, mm. neck minute, mate, they're like, how do I support this fellow <laughs> or gal? <laughs> that's know? exactly. And like, even, even in kind of the digital age, if you're just kind of relying people to, you know, go on Spotify and Apple Music, it's really not not tangible. I don't think that you can expect people to just go watch a gig and then actively afterwards kind of search you up and listen to your music. But I think if there's something there and they're impressed by the show, they'll definitely go, oh, yeah, you know, 20 bucks for a T-shirt. You know, I'll, I'll throw that throw that away to give them a bit of support. So I think definitely merch is probably one of the, the best things for artists to get involved with. Hmm. Absolutely, mate. And, and and on that note, so you've got this wonderful EP here that you're promoting, but I take it you've got more music in you. Of course you do. So what do you want to do next? you want to do an album and do you want to go on a tour and take your music further afield, say to Europe or the US? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I think uh, probably what we're going to do next year is probably, well, if everything goes to how I've planned it out at the moment, but, you know, these things always, you know, give or take a few months, I think, but... Um, we're hoping to have the album recorded by March next year. So we go in, I think it's next week, next Thursday, we head in to uh, start recording, just get the guitar tracks down and stuff. So have all that done, hopefully by March. Then we're going to tour. Um, we'll go down south, the southwest of WA, kind of Bustleton, Margaret River area. Yep. Hopefully over to uh, Sydney, Melbourne, do a couple East Coast dates. And then, yeah, eventually hopefully get somewhere else. We'll see how we go. And we haven't planned that far ahead yet, but hmm. uh, I think New Zealand was one that we kind of threw in the air for a little while there that we might might try and get over there at some point and, and do a couple of dates. So, um, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's on the cards next year that we're going to try and get to as many places as we can to try and promote it. Hmm. 
just want to talk about the music side of things uh, again because uh, it intrigues me with the music that you're making. So do you have a specific guitar that you prefer to use, such as a Gretsch or a Martin acoustic? Is that, is that how you work, or are you really one of those fellas that can... You're a Keith Richards type where you can pick up anything and make it sound like you. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't compare myself to Keith Richards, but I wish I could. But I usually write... I've got a... Uh, a piano at home that I sometimes write with, but most of the time it's the old uh, Maytone acoustic that I have. So I've had that for about two and a half years now, and it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty special. I've written some decent songs on it. So I think that's kind of my go-to now, you know. So when I sit down and I've just got the notepad in front, I just kind of wait for something that strikes a chord that sounds kind of interesting, and then I, I go from there. Mm. I'm with you on mate, and I had I used to be a Martin man actually, and I had a, a really solid orchestra model Martin, but it just was a hard bitch to play. To be honest with you, it was yeah. just so hard to play it. And a mate lent me his Maiden, and I haven't given it back. And that was about five or six years ago. Um, oh, see, they're just yeah, they're just absolute workhorses. I found so. I used to have prior to this just like a stock standard Fender. I think it was. Um, Oh, like a CD60 or something. Sure, you can yeah. pick one up for about 500 bucks or something. But, yeah. um, you know, when the music started picking up, I thought I probably need to invest in something a bit better here. So I went out and bought the uh, the Maton and just kind of ever since, like I've had it set up maybe twice and it's just, just so beautiful to play. It's just, just the, the action on it's always very, uh, like the intonation and stuff on it's mm. just, just beautiful. So um, I think it's definitely for me, something in future i wouldn't mind even just upgrading again and going to i think it's it's like the messiah or something it's kind of a hmm. one of the top models you can get you're a bit out of the loop with acoustic guitars these days i uh i really became a, a martin aficionado for years but i've still got a martin ba- a acoustic bass which is a stunning instrument i bought it from new york um and i rarely mm. play it i've got it in storage but it's the sort of thing i have for my entire life you know it's just one of those really well-built guitars if you know what i'm saying and i know <laughs> yeah. martin have had some issues i think over the years i don't know whether it's been with quality control but a lot of their guitars haven't sounded that good um yeah but maiden i just find to your point mate you can pick up a bloody cheap one uh brand new like and you know you know really sort of uh knock it in so to speak make play yeah. it and make it sort of understand who you are as a player if that makes sense i know it's not a conscious living thing but they kind of have that vibe don't they as you well know being a musician. yeah it's exactly right yeah, you know for sure yeah absolutely and even like um i suppose like it's just that that factor of maintaining it maintaining it as well because i know with mine i probably left it maybe 18 months without having it set up and just kind of it started falling apart and then once I had had it set up, you know, I got it back and I was just like, oh my God, like, why did I wait so long to get this done? It just felt awful now, whereas it's just got that playability back. It just feels so beautiful to play, you know, it's easy to get around on the neck. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, you really got to you gotta look after it. It's like, a, it's like your kid. You got to look after it. Yeah, it's a, and, or, or a car even where you, if you don't service it, it basically it develops issues and, and that's the thing about these <laughs> exactly, things. You know, yeah. It's uh yeah, bloody guitars, mate. I reckon. Oh, I don't know how many I've got these days, but yeah, we can we can never have enough, can we? They, well, know. that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm. See, I'm I'm thinking about buying like another electric. I uh, I've got a couple of Kellys, but I, I I've always wanted a Strat, and I haven't really got around to buying one yet. Get so a Strat. Yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably get one next. So there was a, a nice Japanese one going the other day. 
on um do you have like those you know like uh those facebook groups for all the gear that's for sale and stuff yes. like that yeah you know i think i had an addiction there for a while so there was a nice japanese one going on there the other day so um I don't know. I'll, I'll try and talk myself out of it, but you know, I, I probably will end up getting it. I'd say. Oh, I think every good guitarist needs a strap, brother. I got to tell you. I mean, oh, that's exactly it. I've got a beautiful. I think it's a 2002 model Strat. Um, yeah. And uh, black pick guard, really dark mahogany coloured wood uh, on it. And, oh, beautiful. And it, but it's one of those dark sounding Strats too. It's got some meanness in it, but some some Strats yeah. sound really sort of bright, you know, and like Chuck Berry style stuff. But this this. Um, Strat sounds really dark and it lends itself to grunge and that sort of music. Um, mm. And I've got a, uh, oh, I've got a, what have I, I've got a mate and what's the uh, master, is it a master sound? That's right, the master sound. I just haven't played them in a couple of years, to be honest, because I'm being a, primarily a bass player. I do that, but yeah. I've, got, I've got a, a, it's called Surf Blue. So it's got that classic oh, 1950s right. blue, you know. At first yep, I thought yep. it was a bit effeminate, to be honest with you, and I didn't want to play it. But everybody that I was yeah. sort of showing it to went, no, this is killer. We're so used to seeing black and red guitars, and this is this blue aqua sort of surf Yeah, it's color. probably totally unique. Yeah, definitely. That would be one that you'd, uh, I reckon, take on stage and just make your signature. <laughs> oh, definitely. So it's kind of yeah. like it, it's part of your branding, just people kind of – see that guitar and it's like oh that's you know that's dave or whatever yeah if I, I just don't the truth is man is that i much prefer playing the bass so just it's just that I, I love funk right and jazz so when you when you're doing that and and it's not i mean jazz of course there's some brilliant guitarists in jazz of course some of the best ever oh absolutely but, yeah, um, yeah totally but funk is really a style of music that then disco really lend themselves to solid slap bass i'm looking at a big picture i've got up here of larry graham to give you an idea where i'm oh, coming awesome. from you know, yeah, and um, I, I just find that I just with bass, I just I can it like I can cruise. Does that make sense? Like I can I can be funky and cruise at the same time. And um, yeah, yeah, with absolutely. guitar though, I'm just finding that I just constantly have to think, and it's where's where's me out physically and mentally. So yeah, but uh, I'm not a natural guitarist, man. It obviously is. I'm a natural bassist, so I'm just uh, you know I just sort of stick to that. But uh, but that's life. But you you certainly found an instrument that's your calling, and it's definitely evident on this EP. Yeah, see, I find like I, I'm naturally am quite good at just acoustic guitar and you know all the finger picking and stuff like that. And I'm mm. I like to think I'm a, a half decent songwriter, but just um, I used to when I first started playing with the band, I used to actually play a bit of lead. But um, I've since got one of my my closer mates in to play lead, and he's an absolute monster. Just I, I kind of like you say, I just found that it's not something that comes to me naturally. Like mm. I, I much prefer just just having the the easiness of just playing the acoustic and then more so focusing on ensuring that the vocals sound good and you know all the harmonies where they should be instead of just worrying about all right i've got a lead break coming up what am i going to play here yeah Mm, yeah indeed yeah mate i'll wrap things up it's been a wonderful chat but before i do i want you to tell everybody where they can go to support you where can they find your music and where can they buy your merch yeah absolutely so um all my music is on every streaming service that you've ever heard of. So, yeah, just jump on <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, whatever one you use. It's, it should be there. Hopefully it should. Anyway, I paid someone to put it up there. Um, so, yeah, but merch-wise, we're just uh, at gigs at the moment. So if you're from WA, uh, have a look at my website. There's a, a ton of gigs coming up, www.brandonpaletti.com. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I think merch, we're hoping to have it ready to go online in probably about two weeks. So, yeah, watch That's out sad. for that. 
Okay. And look, for everybody listening that gets into a lot of my listeners do love heavy metal, but look, if you want something that's a bit different, something to break up your mood in terms of you feeling in the mood for something a bit different, break things up, this is the EP. This is a killer EP. Um, like I said earlier, the Leonard Cohen and Jeff Buckley thing, that's what I'm hearing through it, but it's modern. That's the thing. You're not you're not trying to copy anybody. You're not trying to be anybody but yourself. I'm really hearing that. So, you know, I really implore anybody out there who's listening to get into you, man. So thanks very much for the chat, brother. What, what I'll do from here is I'll just, if you're comfortable with everything I've chatted about, I certainly am, I'll just post it and link you in on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely, mate. That'd be uh, that'd be super cool. Thank and you so much. Share away or otherwise, mate. No dramas either way. Awesome. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. No worries. Good luck with everything, man. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Catch ya. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was from Perth, Western Australia. His name, Brandon Poletti. Thanks so much for listening.